Hello RP people and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People and a little series I like to call One on One with Santa. Yeah. And joining me today, I have Carl Kiesler. Hello Carl. Hey Santa, how you doing? Not bad. Welcome back to the episode or well, yeah, to thanks. the podcast. It's Yeah. It's a second time. You're actually the second guest to come on for a second time. You're 22. Nice. <laughs> cool. Thanks for having me, man. Oh no, it's always a pleasure. Uh, so the last time you joined us, uh, you we were talking about your project Dust Bunnies. Yeah. Um, if anyone's curious about that, I'll put a link to that episode in the in the episode as well as. Do you have anywhere where you'd like them to take a look? I can add that to the episode. Uh, yeah, I'll probably send you a, a link to the uh, drive-through page because uh, yeah. we we're starting to put things out right now. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So how, so how, how, um, after you actually finish the Kickstarter, I don't think a lot of people know kind of the steps, but what happens after the Kickstarter happens? Well, there's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps going. So, um, Chris, my partner at Doghouse is, is the main head on this is the main writer and stuff. And I'm doing Mm. art and stuff like that. So we're, we're still ironing out some playtesting things and, getting the layouts uh all together like we were already working on it when the kickstarter was going so Mm -hmm. we had already started with a lot of things but it's just editing a lot of editing because we have so many things uh with this kickstarter so many i mean there's a core book there's a hardcover of it soft cover there's a book of uh what's this huge adventure we're calling novice adventures which is this long cool adventure um we've got We've got archetype cards. We've got power cards. Oh, nice. I mean, uh, quick reference cards, like, so you can have at the table. Um, uh, uh, GM screen inserts. Uh, just so many things that have to, if, if one thing changes, if we see a mistake on one, oh, well, that just rolls over into everything else. <laughs> so it's a ton of work. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I think yeah. people almost underestimate the amount of work that has to go into oh, yeah. uh into an rpg even after the kickstarter happens oh yeah it's a it's a bunch of work and we're getting things ready right now um like pretty much almost all the pdfs are released or being released pretty soon um nice. and we're just getting some of the buttons uh buttoned up on some of the print on demand stuff um but other than that we're we're almost to the finish line oh i'm excited i'm i i need that info so i can (laughs) yours and scott's task force raven together (laughs) task force raisin there you go (laughs) (laughs) someone actually wrote uh because we have a series of one sheets too that you can get there's like 10 adventures 10 one sheets that we have and we have various writers do that and i think one of them uh david anderson a buddy of mine uh wrote one uh I think it's quest for the golden raisin or something like that. The raisin. So you've been with the industry, like the RPG oh. industry for how long now? Oh my gosh. It's been uh, for a very long time. Um, early two thousands, I think. Um, yeah. I think around there, early two thousands. Um, oh, nice! Right on the verge when the uh, the internet was hitting and everything like that. My first job in the role playing game industry was a buddy of mine, local guy here, uh, Rob Williams. He started a a magazine 
called uh, Gaming Frontiers, and it was all D20 based. It was right when they released the 3.0 D20 and mm-hmm. the D20 license, and the internet was kind of getting in everybody's home and stuff like that. And we, he had an idea to make a gaming magazine based on D20. And so we were getting articles from like Monty Cook and uh, uh, I can't remember. I know Monty Cook gave us an article. Uh, there was other D20 based companies at the time. I don't know if they're still around or if they've, <laughs> you know, but basically we put out like, I think four or five volumes of this and actually had them printed and stuff like that. And, uh, went to Gen Con and sold them and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you can find them in bargain bins now because it's so old. You know, it's like it's literally like what twenty something years old now. So, well, that's a piece of history. Come on, yeah. If you find that stuff, I bet you there's a higher <laughs> price tag than you expect. Uh, probably, but it was fun. It was a learning experience uh, at the time. There was no print on demand or anything like that, like the drive-through has. So he basically had to print. He had to guess, you know, how much he was going to sell and stuff like that. And we had to send off to print all those magazines and stuff. But it was fun. That was actually my first, first job in the gaming industry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So what, because like, well, do you, do you remember what your, uh, what your first like game that you were a part of was like what the name of it was? What do you mean? Like uh, that I produced? Is that? Yeah. That you produced. Oh, um. Yeah, it was actually, so after that, uh, after D20 um, uh, Gaming Frontiers came out, uh, I hooked, I, there was a game called Sidewinder, and it was a Western game based on D20 when 3.0 came out. Again, 3.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just called Sidewinder. Uh, it was a Western game. It was straight up Western uh, made for D20. It wasn't any kind of like Deadlands where it was ghosts and stuff. It was like historical Western. Like, oh. so it was, it was, my buddy got it and I was like, Hey, this is pretty cool. I, I've always loved Westerns. Westerns. Mm. Uh, I grew up watching them and stuff like that still to this day. And so my buddy ran it and I said, Hey, let me make a character sheet. Cause they really don't have a character sheet. And so I made a character sheet just, you know, just for our group. I'm like, this would be cool. So we made a D20 based character sheet. And I put it up on an old Yahoo Groups forum uh, way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and the creator, Jeff Spakes, was head of that forum. He goes, dude, this is awesome. I love the sheet. Because would you be interested in uh, worth because D20 Modern is coming out and we're gonna trans we're gonna change it sidewander and go sidewander recoiled and we're gonna make it based on D20 Modern. And D20 Modern had like classes, like if you remember there was uh, certain classes that you could get and you could start with classes and it was, uh, it was made along that way. So that was kind of my first foray into anything. Now I didn't do rules or anything. I strictly did the layouts and the graphic design and stuff like that. So that's when doghouse rules was formed through sidewinder recoil. And there was five of us at the time and we did, Sidewinder Recoil was our first product. And it was actually printed. It, we won an any for it for uh, best electronic product back in like 2003 or four or something like that. Uh, yes. uh, and it was actually printed by Green Running uh, Press. I think that's what they're called. Uh, they actually Green printed. Running, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Under their Mystic Visas line. So they uh, we did a deal with them and they actually produced it as a as a book. And it was oh. uh, yeah, you could find those too in bargain bins. 
<laughs> or on eBay or something like that. I we still get people that play it and still download it because we offer the PDF still for sale. Yeah. People are still playing that. So oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the, the one one nice thing I find about RPGs is, unlike with a lot of like media, uh, you know, digital media and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you can really it doesn't really matter if you're playing an older system or a newer yeah. system. You will always kind of find people who like those kind of things. And systems themselves are kind of timeless. Like, yeah, you could say 80s, 90s. They didn't fully figure it out yet because they're still working with, uh, you know, kind of almost like war game rules. But I find once it hit like 2000s, it really started coming to its own. Right. Uh, Have you noticed really a change in the industry since when you first got into now? Yeah, I'm noticing I'm seeing more games that are kind of rules light and very like, I don't know if you call them indie games or anything like that, uh, but they're very open-ended where you're like kind of telling stories and with, with some rules thrown in. At least that's the what what I think is the way it's going. Um, but then there's games like Savage Worlds and... and uh, you know, Pathfinder, I guess the, the newest edition where mm-hmm. there's tons of rules and stuff like that. But I, I do see there's a lot of, and I guess that's been going on for a while, but it's, it seems like it's more mainstream now, you know, like kids on bikes type stuff, which, oh, you know, it's very rules light, you know? Yeah. And, I would, I would say probably Kickstarter kind of almost jump started the kind of oh, yeah. scene just oh, yeah. accessibility. Oh, yeah. Like I said earlier, with Gaming Frontiers, we had to print everything. <laughs> you had to go and say, okay, I want X amount of thousands of copies of this book, and uh, hopefully I'll sell them. You know? <laughs> and you're sitting on the books. But yeah. now with like Kickstarter, with the way they're integrated with drive-through, like how we're doing Dust Bunnies, where we give you like a, a discount on getting the print-on-demand yourself, you know? um, it's, it's a game-changer, really. You know, and even when the, you know, if you're not doing that route, you know exactly how many you have to print for the first run. So you just go and, okay, this is how many people backed it. This is how many people books, you know, how many books I'm printing. So it's really a game changer. Yeah. Uh, it almost takes like the stress off of well, are we going to sell? For sure. Yeah. And it gives you a gauge on like how the market is. Like if you're like, if you do gangbusters in your Kickstarter and you're like, okay, the word is out. They love, people are going to love this game. Then I guess what? I quit my day job and maybe <laughs> do this whatever, you know, Yeah. <laughs> you never know. So <laughs> no, that's definitely true. So one thing I was going to, cause it sounds like almost doghouse rules was almost by accident in a way for its yeah. creation. What what was it like transitioning from like, you know, oh, we're just playing these things and making these things for fun to all of a sudden having in a, like a company that's making these like, how was that transition? <laughs> yeah, it was, it's pretty weird. Still pretty weird. That, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I'm talking with you about doghouse rules and stuff like that. And I, I never thought anything like this would come about. We were just like five guys when doghouse rules started just wanted to create a cool game that we wanted to play Sidewinder recoiled and D 20 modern. And, uh, 
and it kind of ballooned up from there. We were, we not, we were not, we won an any, which was like, <laughs> I went to that show. Cause I, I, it was at Gen Con and I was, you know, I go every year. I go I, at the time I was going every year to Gen Con and I just showed up in like shorts and t-shirt and they, they were like, well, Carl, you're the only one in our group that's going to be there. So can you go to the award show? I'm like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I showed up to the award show just in like t-shirt and, you know, shorts. And I'm like, ah, we're nominated. We're not going to win. Don't, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> sure as hell we won. I was like, what? <laughs> so I had to so, get on stage and thank everybody. And I was like, wow, this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally underdressed for all this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it was different. Uh, I'm still not used to it. The you know people that actually love playing our game, especially like Trailer Park Shark Attack. That that is actually my first game I actually wrote that uh, I wrote all by myself with help, of course, from Chris with editing and things like that. But uh, but the popularity of that game, it's like wow! I can't believe people you know like this stuff. They like <laughs> what I like. That's cool. Why not? You know. <laughs> well, it trailer park shark attack. It's like it's it. it I, I'm I'm ashamed to say I still haven't had a chance to read it, and I feel kind of feel oh. bad for that because I have heard so much about it from random people. Like, yeah, I, I'll I'll be listening to a podcast that's that's you know people talking about a specific kind of rule set or a style, and yeah. for some reason all of a sudden I hear the word trailer park shark attack. Like, it's got its own. <laughs> cult following <laughs> for people who like to play it like yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool <laughs> i mean yeah. it's uh it's fun i love the game i love that genre and I, I still can't believe it too when people mention it like on facebook or twitter or something like that and i'm like whoa they're talking about my game that's that's pretty darn cool <laughs> it, it gives you almost like a little giddy feeling of like yeah that. yeah yeah like, cool awesome <laughs> oh that's that's super cool in fact yeah. actually it's funny because uh when I, I mentioned in the Discord that you're like uh, on our community Discord that you're uh, yeah. hopping on for an episode, and I had one guy uh, yeah. on a Discord, Matt B, was like, "How come he wasn't at JeffCon?" JeffCon. Oh, or, what is it? The the, the re, that's the rename. Yeah. Of it, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I live in South Florida, so it would have been a hike, and uh, <laughs> the well, I mean, I could have made it, but it was the uh, the timing. I think it was in November, if I remember right. Yeah, um, yeah. It was between Thanksgiving and stuff like that. It just wasn't. I couldn't swing it. It was just. There's oh, too no, much that's... stuff going on. I really want to go to that con. I think they're changing the name to. Yeah, uh, this year it was. I think it's called was called Jeff Con to memorialize. Uh, yeah. The guy who passed away, who created right. the whole thing, and then yeah. I think it's changing names next year. I'm not too sure what. Unfortunately, as a Canadian, American yeah. news comes about two weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like Mythic Con or something like that. Mythic yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I definitely am currently right now looking into going to that con. So, uh, I. So. <laughs> I, I, sh I should eventually go to that con. I'll leave yeah. my safe Canadian bubble yeah. and go down to the scary United States. <laughs> oh, we're not that scary. <laughs> we're loud and boisterous, but not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool about that con, from what I understand, is there's a lot of game crafters that go there, like DM Scotty and um, 
all these other dudes. Wylock, uh, I think his name is. And I'm into that. I make all kinds of crafts for my games and stuff. So yeah, actually, yeah. it's it's funny because when I the reason why I brought up Matt with uh, saying like why weren't you there because he was like I he's like I've played in a few of his games and like he runs them so well and he always has these oh. little. He always has this really nice setup. He's like, and I kind of <laughs> miss just playing his games. I was like, that's, I, I that's one thing I've kind of learned from this, uh, like the tabletop community. It's people seem to know each other, even yeah. though there may be so much distance around, like away from each other, where right. it's just like, oh, I'm talking with this guy over here in, you know, Ireland about this system and this game. Right. And you almost like have like these weird friendships that kind of pop <laughs> up from it. Yeah, for sure. A lot of it's from cons. I, I've been to a lot of cons, uh, and I run a lot of games at gaming conventions. Uh, like in February, I'm going out to Colorado for Genghis Con, and this isn't my first time out there. Yeah, it's a cool name, isn't it? Didn't I like come. that name. I like that name. <laughs> it's not my first time out there, so I'm going out there, and I I have regular people that show up that I consider, you know, I call them friends and stuff, and I've actually been out there on vacation with my wife, and you know, they told me places to go and, you know, oh, they took me places and stuff. So it's, it, it is cool that you get these friendships uh, that uh, evolve from this, this hobby that we do, you know? Oh yeah. So I, yeah. out of curiosity, just from your mm -hmm. time in the industry, have you, have you made any friends uh, from people also within the industry that you thought even when you were creating, like I would never get to meet this person before? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Shane Hensley. Shane Hensley is one of them. I mean, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I remember seeing him in the early days of uh, Savage Worlds and Deadlands. Uh, I, I was a big Deadland, Deadlands fan. I collected all the orange books and I had all the, I have all the, the original Deadlands orange books. I have all those. And I saw him at a con once at a Gen Con and he was in a small little booth. It was before Pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, it was way before that company. Uh, and I saw him standing there. I recognized this from the photo in the book. I'm like, hey, dude, I was I was just leaving the con. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're Shane Hensley. He goes, yeah, hey. And I shook hands with him. I said, dude, I love your stuff. I said, I'll be back and look look around. I just love your, your games and stuff like that. And he said, oh, thanks a lot, man. And I was like, wow, I never thought I'd know this guy. And today I work with him. Like, he'll send me emails and we'll chat about work and stuff like that, you know, like – because I do graphic design work for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's pretty cool that he's a super nice guy, probably one of the greatest guys I've ever met in the gaming industry. I mean, super cool, super nice. And I, I never thought I'd be like, wow, I'm working with this guy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Just the, those connections, like, is that how you kind of – because uh, is that how you – kind of got involved with a lot of more savage worlds uh, projects was through him or was that kind of just coincidental it was kind of coincidental uh we found we picked up the game here i think i went uh one of the guys or i went to a gen con and i played in a it was it was right when deluxe was coming out or, or came out it was around that time super early so you remember that little handbook you got the uh, for for ten dollars uh for savage worlds it was right when that book, the original book came out and I played it at a con. I think it was a Gen Con again. And I was like, wow, this is a cool system. I really dig this. Super easy, but it has some crunch to it and it's cool. So we started playing it locally. And at the time I was going to, again, Gen Con 
and I would start up, I would go to play a game. You know, I wasn't running games at conventions at that time. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, let me let me play in a game, and, and unfortunately, most of them were bad. It was just a bad game, and I'd sit there and I I I'd stew in my own <laughs> thoughts, saying I could do better at this. You know, let me give my shot at it. So I started running Dread, uh, a lot of that, uh, the Dread, the RPG with the Jenga tower. Honestly, and so that's, you, that's, you such that? cool, that's such a cool system. I haven't yeah. played it, but yeah. I definitely read it and I was just like, that's so unique. Oh, it's so awesome. And it's so fun to play it at a convention, uh, especially to bring, cause all you need is a Jenga tower and some character sheets. <laughs> <laughs> you throw that in your luggage and you're done. But man, it is so cool. I've been I've been in games where other uh, tables are are stopped looking at their game and they're looking at our game, watching and listening to the story. <laughs> it is it is so engaging and uh, eye catching and fun to to watch. So, anyways, I was basically I picked that game. I was doing it, but then Savage Worlds came out, and I'm like, we really dig this system. Let me try to run this at a convention. And I did, and that's where I kind of, I was running like all kinds of games at conventions. I started getting people um, contacting me after the convention saying, hey, are you going next year? We'd like to set up maybe a private game with our friends. And so I was doing private games on like Wednesday nights and maybe Sunday mornings and stuff like that. So that's kind of, and it was all Savage Worlds. It was all Savage Worlds. So it kind of just jumped right into it that way. So. And that's how I met. That's how I met Shane. Was he heard about my games, and I met him at uh, uh, Gen Con, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, he saw my badge. He says you're the guy." And he came over, and we started talking. So. <laughs> no, the, yeah. it, it, it's it's kind of funny. Like, do you think those things, like you know, almost how your experience get in the industry and everything like that? Do you think yeah. that could happen nowadays, or do you think that's uh, something that may have died out with technology? Yeah, I think it still could happen. You know, I mean, uh, it just uh, depends on, you know, the places you go and who's going to be there and stuff like that. Sure, I, I think it totally could happen, um, especially, too, with technology. My One of my players in my games here at home, uh, uh, Candice, uh, she goes by Candice and Magnificent online. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool name, right? That is. <laughs> So when we were doing, when Chris and I were doing uh, Savage Pathfinder, when we were on the design team for that, uh, uh, Shane wanted me to run an online demo of it. And it's out there on YouTube. You could see it. And I asked him, I said, well, what players? He goes, well, me and whoever else you want. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, it was Shane uh, and my buddy Chris. Um, and I said, well, Candace is awesome at this stuff because uh, she's was new to gaming and I was like she's she's really good at this stuff let me get her involved in this see if she wants to play and she said sure and so it was all online and she's an amazing uh, role player and she got into her character and and she was doing all kinds of stuff and Shane's like you know what we need we need to keep in contact with Candace and she's done stuff with them in the past you know mm-hmm. since then uh online and stuff like that and she's pretty much uh, you can look at her uh up up on twitch i think and she uh does guest spots and things like that she'll run games online she she dresses up in costumes and makeup and she's an awesome 
GM and role player. So yeah, it, it can happen. Like she's starting now, like she's a, I guess what you call Twitch streamer. Um, and she's doing great at it. And it was, I won't say it was all because of me because she has all the talent, but it was, <laughs> I invited her to that one game and that's where it kind of snowballed from there. That's um, where it came from. Yeah, kind of, but it was all her. I mean, she, without her talent, it, you know, my invitation means nothing, you know? So, <laughs> it, but, you know, it, it's kind of funny because a lot of people who I've talked to, yeah. it seems like it's always just like it, passionate people tend to you know stand out in whatever they're kind of doing and the one thing i've really noticed with talking with people about like tabletop rpgs and people who are currently in the industry is a lot of times it is almost kind of happenstance where they weren't expecting to be part of this they weren't expecting Mm -hmm. to join into it but they just kind of almost fell into it in a good way yeah that's how doghouse kind of started we were just like five schmoes just like hey let's make a cool game and we're still doing it you know two of us are you know we're, we're we bought out the other guys and it's all our it's chris and i's company now nice but we're still in it and we're still doing stuff you know that we're interested in let's make Ooh. a game hey we don't know if it's gonna sell if it does great but we want to you know do this that's the same with trailer park you know i didn't know if anybody was going to be interested in it but I ran it at a convention and Chris is like, Hey, these games you run at these conventions, is there something we could like maybe produce, you know, for under doghouse, you know, yeah. I was like, well, I did this trailer park game. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of went from there, you know? Yeah, no, that's, so. that's cool. <laughs> uh, also one thing that you kind of mentioned, I'm kind of curious about yeah. how was working on the Pathfinder Savage worlds? Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that was very cool. It was during, it was mostly during the pandemic. So I was working from home at the time. And so I was working, it was, it was super easy because I'd work from home uh, during the day. And then at night I just keep my computer on and I'd work with Chris or Shane or whoever we'd play test and I would do layouts or make up stats for, you know, creatures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. It's a lot of work, but it was fun. And he has a great team that's taken over it now. Uh, Mark, Bar- Mark, Mike Barbeau is uh, heading up all that stuff. And that dude is super knowledgeable about Pathfinder and Savage Worlds. Uh, so it's a super great hands, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very cool. That's awesome. Do you, yeah. do you, do you know, because I find sometimes there's very interesting stories about this. Do you know how you guys actually got the license to produce Savage Worlds? Uh, not Savage Worlds, because obviously yeah. uh, Pathfinder. <laughs> So from what I understand is that Shane has been friends with the people at Pathfinder for, you know, forever, I guess. And I guess I only know a little bit. I know that they were, they were make, they had made their new Pathfinder stuff and somehow he was like, I guess maybe asked or they said he could have it or something like that. And anything older, you know, all the first edition Pathfinder stuff, um, they just made a deal, you know, cause he had been friends with them like for a long time. Yeah. Cause people are saying, you know, Savage world is great, but it can't really do fantasy, you know, but I think that kind of proved him wrong. <laughs> yeah. That that's, that's kind of a lie. I've seen fantasy. I think it, 
I honestly, I think with that one, people just kind of think you it can't do fantasy because right. a lot of times you you don't take you don't hear the word like because I, I Savage Worlds I think it's more of a pulp action, right? But when yes. you hear pulp action, you don't think fantasy, but really right. it, it I don't I don't really see too much of a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm running it right now with a group. Uh, Candace is actually in my group, uh, and we're running Rise of the Room Lords, and I'm running it straight out of the book, straight uh, you know. Pathfinder for Savage Worlds, and it's freaking amazing. It's got my... I used to not like fantasy after starting with D&D way back in the early 80s, and I, I had kind of been there, done that, and yep. you know, I kind of moved on from that, but it's kind of rejuvenated everything, just with the rules and things like that, and seeing these new players, some of them have never played an RPG before, seeing how they're reliving it, and or getting into the fantasy setting and the genre and stuff like that and watching them with Savage Worlds and stuff, it's it's kind of like lit a fire into me. I'm like, wow, this is pretty fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I've always, the first time I ever heard your name, I was kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a new, I, I wouldn't say I was like new to the industry, into like to Savage Worlds or anything like that, but I was new to actually talking with people who okay. are who play and it was through scott um, oh yeah and he, yeah. i've always known you as the layout guru <laughs> how how did you get that name i, <laughs> I don't know to be honest with you um well i think maybe through my convention games uh see i would do these fancy character sheets and stuff <laughs> maybe that's kind of what i was at the time i was known for and uh, like for instance, I did character sheets. I laid them out, and I did eight uh, track tapes. There was a '70s game. Yeah. I did a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 1970s edition, and I, that was a convention game. I'm like, what? What can I do with these character sheets? So I actually bought eight tracks, real eight tracks, and I peeled peeled the labels off on them, and I sized up the labels, and I made labels like Evil Knievel and Daisy Duke and. Uh, Kolchak, all these crazy characters from the 70s and I kind of made up boxes and I put them on the 8-tracks and stuff like that and so I would come to these games with these cool character sheets and things like that and I think people So so the 8-track was actually the character sheet? Yes, yeah, so the 8-track label, you would actually have the 8-track in your hand and the label had the stats of your character on it. Oh my god that is awesome I've I've never heard that before so my day job, I'm a, uh, I'm a graphic designer slash art director for an ad agency, an uh, yeah. advertising agency down in South Florida. And we do sometimes, we used to do stuff like that. Uh, like one of our clients wanted a, a Monopoly board uh, based on his life and they were giving him for his birthday or something. Yeah. And so we had to come up with, oh, well, we're going to just like paste this on a Monopoly board and stuff like that. So we had to kind of recreate that stuff. So things like that I do. You know, I used to do a lot, and I just kind of integrated it into the role playing uh, side of my hobbies. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! So, no, that's awesome. So, I'm sorry, I, I just okay. literally—I lo- was just about to ask something, and then I 
immediately lost my train of thought. Oh, that's um, okay. That's okay. Just because I was thinking of like those eight tracks. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> If you have any pictures of those, I would love to see what that looks like. That's yeah, I have some pictures. I can send them to you. Oh, um, no. They're somewhere. I, I could find them and send them <laughs> to you. <laughs> no, that's yeah, so those, cool. Those are fun. Yeah, I made uh, character sheets that are that look like the um, the cover, not the cover, but the card backing for like action figures. So oh. I made character sheets look like that. Um, uh, just other crazy things like that. That. I think maybe that's what people uh, equal me to like the layout guy or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember what I was going to ask you now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, cause it's cause a lot of RPGs are built on passion. They're built on that. Uh, I've been told once and I want to see if you believe this to be true. You Mm -hmm. don't join the RPD RPG industry to become rich. You do it because you love it. If you right. do it because you want money, you're going to be so you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that's true? I think it is to an extent. Uh, for little guys like Chris and I and Doghouse Rules, um, I still have a day job, so I have to balance that out. And we're doing this for games that we love. That we Chris had an idea for Dust Bunnies. I said, okay, well let's do it. You know, let's make it. We're not going to be, you know, quitting our day jobs over it you know, anything like that, but it is fun. It is something we love to do. It's a passion. I have a passion for graphic design. You know, I just love creating things like that, you Mm -hmm. know, the aesthetic looks and things like that of of books and pages and things like that. I just want to, you know, typography is my thing. And so that scratches that itch for me. You know, I have fun uh, doing the layouts. So, And Chris has fun creating these things, you know, with me, uh, the rules and the worlds and stuff like that, you know, the dust bunny world and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've always, uh, especially Chris and I at Doghouse, we've always looked at it like, okay, this is kind of like a hobby, but yet let's make some money off of it. Maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe people want to play these games too. And it's cool to see them produce, you know, ourselves because we can use them at the game ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not very lucrative because um, if you think about a role-playing game, all you really need is the core book and yeah. you can play anything, you know, like for instance, like Savage Worlds, I just yeah. need the adventure edition. I'm good to go. I could run anything with it. I mean, it's just the limitations of of your imagination and, and how much work you want to put into it. Sure, these other systems and settings and things like that are make it easier to, to run a certain way, like Savage Pathfinder, you know, yeah. um, like before that came out, I was, I started running Savage Pathfinder for my group without it because it didn't exist. And yeah. so I just made some stuff up. I'm like, okay, let's play this, you know? Well, and it, so. yeah, well, even my, it, I, it's kind of funny because I, I, I feel like Savage Worlds has brought a lot of people together in a strange way. But oh, yeah. uh, even uh, my first game with Scott and Finder, yeah. we were playing, uh, Scott made uh, Savage, Savage Eberron. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's still to this day probably the most fun I've had with, uh, with, a, with a game. And it was just, you know, they took... And this is another beautiful thing about savage worlds is you can really just as long as you have the imagination and the patience to kind of like tailor it you can make 
any game into yeah savage for sure yeah christian serrano is actually working on uh savage eberron uh stuff right now I, oh really like yeah. an official project yeah i think he's got if i remember right because i did uh, again i did the layout i did like a t- layout template for him recently and a cover uh so you might want to look him up because he actually i think got permission to oh. do a savage eberron uh, I'm not sure if he'll be able to sell it, but I think he'll be able to put it out for free. Um, oh, nice. Because I think there is one that exists that's not Adventure Edition. I think he's kind of working on the Adventure Edition with mm-hmm. the Fantasy fantasy Companion. I could be wrong. But I think he's trying to wait, you know, kind of merge it into the Fantasy Companion and kind of get ideas from that oh, that's uh, cool. to finish it up. Uh, so you might well look that up because... Uh, he knows his Eberron. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've I've definitely heard his name before. Yeah. I think I've listened. He has he's on a podcast that's all about Eberron. I think right. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know when that's going to come out or anything like that. But I did do a cover for him and layout for the new Savage Worlds edition of Eberron that he's working oh, nice. on. So. <laughs> that's 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 cool and i yeah. i love the fact that it's like is he going to get paid for that it's like well it's yeah. probably going to come out for free but yeah nobody cares they just want to right. do it because they love it like, exactly yeah it's a passion you yeah, know like, what other industry can you see people doing stuff just for the sake of i want to do it because it's going to be fun right that's so right. cool yeah um, and it might turn into a job you know who knows someone might Look at his stuff and say, hey, dude, you did an awesome job. Just like with Shane with Doghouse. He came to us and was like, hey, so who does what on Doghouse? And I said, well, I do this stuff and Chris does this stuff. And he was like, you guys want to work on Savage Pathfinder? We're like, sure. You know, <laughs> it. So it might turn into a paying gig. You never know. I mean, yeah. um, not everything you should be expected to get money for. You know, sometimes you got to do things. Um, not to be taken advantage of, of course, but you know, maybe do things for because you like doing it. You yeah. know, and that's most of my layout work and stuff. I charge, you know, I'm I'm not that expensive. I know because I like doing it and I like the people that I do it for. Mm-hmm. With Scott, Scott, for instance, I I do a lot of work for him. Uh, he's a great dude. I just love. I want to see him succeed at what he does. You know, Neon Blood and. Task Force Raisin. raisin. <laughs> I know. It's, it's hard to not say that. I know. Say it, you eh? said it. Task Force Raven. I did the layout for that, which was fun. Um, Atomic Ninja, those guys. I've done, I've, I still do layouts for them every month uh, for their one shots and their dead end adventures and things like that. I just want to see them succeed. You know, I just want to help out just a little bit. Yeah, Scott's now going to hear that, and he's like, it's not Raisin. <laughs> I even told him he has to run that, and he's like, I'm not running that anymore. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's just what it's supposed to be, Scott. So oh, missed yeah. the mark on that one. No. I mark. actually, I I know he goes to that con, uh, Jeff Con, which is Mythic Con. I know he goes to that. I want to go there and play it in one of his sessions. That's yeah, cool. we're. I, I know. I've only played online with them. Yeah, I think I'm going to try for next year to go to JeffCon as long as oh, I'm cool. capable of doing so. Yeah, because I, 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 I've met so many people, but I've never actually physically met them. So I'm just like, right. I want to meet these people in real life, and they're going to be like, "Dude, you're like 30." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Um so I have I have one one more question from me and then I actually have some questions from Scott and Finder. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh cool. my question for you is what would be some words of advice you'd give to anyone who wants to create their own game or get involved into the industry? Um, so to create their own game, um, see what others have done, you know, and see, do your research on what, what is out there and, uh, how, how people do things, you know, I'm not saying copy them, but just see and know what's going on with diff- what whatever system you want to do it in maybe it's your own system mm. you know and just be aware of what's out there and then just go for it just just kind of start creating it you know um like we said earlier you could put it out for free you know yeah. like hey it, this is a cool thing i did it's on my google drive get it if you want here's the link you know and just start promoting it and, um, and that can pay off huge yeah in the long run like look at look at the guy uh, who made mothership where he right. released it as just you know here's my 0.5 rules uh if you right. want to buy it you can if not and yeah. then he had like a the, what the, i think the largest indie kickstarter of all time yeah that's crazy right i mean that's awesome yeah yeah you never know so what was the second part of your question i forgot I um or or for people who want to get involved in the industry Oh yeah. Um, I mean, just start producing stuff, you know, like, like what we just said, just, just start making things. Um, maybe you'll never get, you know, maybe you will never hit it big, but maybe you will. Maybe what you're doing is pretty good, you know, and someone will notice you and go to conventions. That's another thing. <laughs> go to conventions and see these people because a lot of times, these creators go to these conventions and they're just sitting in their booth, you know, and they've got, they're not talking to anybody. You can go bend their ear and just, you know, start talking to them and stuff, you know, that's what, yeah. That's what a lot of times these guys go to these and and girls, gals go to these conventions for is to meet people and see new talent and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. And don't worry. I kind of consider it because you said guys and then, you pause. I kind of consider oh. guys, I kind of consider guys as almost like gender neutral at this point. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, like I'll say, oh, those guys yeah. over there. It's like that's all women. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, that's it's like it's like when you hear like dude or oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just lump them all together. <laughs> I really don't think that those things are that that's just people over there. <laughs> yeah, much, yeah, that's I think that's what that word has become. I just want to piss anybody off. <laughs> oh no, no, I get you. I get you. I get you. <laughs> All right. Now I got two questions from Finder. Okay. Uh, what project are you most proud of and why? Oh boy. Um wow. <laughs> that's tough because I mean we're currently working on dust buddies. I'm very, very proud of what we have done. Um I would say Trailer Park Shark Attack because mainly because I it came from my original one shot that I ran and I wrote it. Uh, of course, again, heavy editing with Chris and his son uh, Dirk is one mm-hmm. of our editors, uh, and Dana too, his wife. She's a, she was a school teacher, so uh, <laughs> they know how to edit. Uh, but yeah, with heavy editing with Chris and his family. Uh, 
I think I'm really proud of that because it it was a wacky idea that I had that people love. And I'm, you know, I'm just still flattered that people talk about it and say, hey, I'm looking for a one shot to get people involved in the Savage Worlds. What should I do? And I always see that trailer part come up. I'm like, <laughs> That's pretty cool. I really, I really enjoy that. Well, I so. promise next time I talk to you, I will read that RPG file. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I need to run, you need to come to the con and I'll run it for you. Because we have a new adventure that we put out last year called Sharkano. It is, <laughs> it is an adventure for Trailer Park Shark Attack where there's lava sharks. Oh my God. And I got to run you through that, man. <laughs> I, I feel like you have so much stuff that you can run with that setting because like if you go on, yeah. like if you go on prime and just put the word shark in you will oh, yeah. see so yeah. many shark movies like yeah. ice like what is the most recent one i watch i think ice sharks i watched oh, yeah. one that was and this one was very low budget by the way but it was called mm -hmm. house shark Oh yeah, 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 yeah. House shark, yeah. I, I saw that, and we got like twenty minutes to a half hour in, and uh, and we're just like, this kid, the kid is supposed to be like eight years old, but he's yeah. obviously eighteen. We're like, what right, the hell right. is going on here? There's there's ghost there's ghost shark one and two. Uh, there's sand shark. I yeah. mean, I've seen them all. There's two headed shark attack, three headed, four headed, yep. five headed, six headed, which is my favorite because it's yep. six headed shark attack. It starts off as a five headed shark and then it involves <laughs> another head on its yeah. tail. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that you've seen these movies because I've seen them all too. <laughs> <laughs> They're just great. Like I, so, I love them. Or yeah. one of the, one of the one of the ones uh, I have the fondest memory. It's uh, was it. Four, I think it's called, was it 42 feet below Unchained? Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. that one, just the okay. ending scene was yeah. the best thing in the world where she just beats the shit out of the shark <laughs> with her high school bo uh, bully who's on the boat just watches as she gets up right. and she's just like, what? And the person... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Water murders the shark. I love it. I love. I love bad movies. I'm not gonna. Lie. Yeah, me too. That's that's where all Trailer Park came from. As a matter of fact, in the back, the very last two pages of Trailer Park, we have uh, a cool two page spread of nothing but shark movies that were inspiration for that game. So it's like two pages <laughs> of reference of movies that I've watched, and you can see all the crazy stuff that I've watched. For this uh, anywhere from from high end to jaws to like six, five six headed shark attack you know it's like it's and crazy it, i i still laugh that this all spawned from the jaws movies oh totally and, totally <laughs> i don't even know how that happened you get like this serious thriller that's like yeah you know that made people afraid to go into the ocean oh yeah for oh, years yeah. like my buddy he saw that movie yeah. when he was a kid and he still refuses to go into the ocean <laughs> ever and we don't even live by an ocean that's <laughs> like and he's just like yeah if i ever go to the ocean i've gone once i i didn't go yeah. there. i was like yeah, <laughs> didn't, it's like no man there's sharks I'm like, you. <laughs> you'll be surprised on how many sharks there are because i live in florida and i was recently at the ocean and we saw some sharks uh, feeding right right there at the beach. We were just under our umbrella, just chilling. Oh. And we saw a school come in, a school of fish and sharks feeding right off. And, and 10 feet away, people were swimming. You know, they, they're they not as dangerous, you know, that Hollywood portrays them. But, yeah. you know, 
They can be, but uh, they're really interested in eating a fish. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Yeah, you know? we're not really on their uh, yeah radar. Not really. Now yeah. we're just most of it's an accident. Unless you they're know. in the air or in volcanoes, apparently. Exactly. Then there's a problem. You need to put them down. <laughs> yeah, they're already out of their element. They, they they don't care what they're eating. They're just hungry. And exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um, Finder's second question was, "What mistakes have taught you the most?" Finder is very insightful. I guess. Oh yes, he is. Oh my gosh. What mistakes? Oh my gosh. Uh, there's been layout mistakes. So, because I do a lot of layout work, so I can look at it that way, the question that way, because there's been mistakes where um, you get it to the printer and the printer's like, well, this is too close to the edge. I'm like, oh crap. That means I got to change the whole layout of a 250 page book. <laughs> awesome. You know, that has happened. So, there's been stuff like that, mostly technical things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mistakes in the gaming industry. Um, uh, I don't want to name any names or anything, but there's there's been something where uh, we had something go to print and we never got paid for and stuff like that, um, you know, or something went went down uh, that didn't make it go to print, stuff like that. So uh, there's mistakes that you learn in the industry, you know, it's just here and there, just little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of it, me, with is because I do a lot of layout for not just with Doghouse, but for everybody else. It's a learning; you learn as you go. You know, yeah. like we're having we're having a little bit of trouble with some of the covers on Dust Bunnies. Uh, mm-hmm. The printer saying one thing, and we're like, "Well, the template you gave us is like this." So there's little things that you kind of kind of learn along the way, like what printers like and. It might say that on the template, but it might have to be moved over a quarter of an inch so that everything to line up, you know, <laughs> just, just because, you know, you never know. So, Sometimes it's almost safer to play to caution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so most of it's technical with layout work and stuff like that with me. So I gotcha. But you learn as you go. So. And I have one question from Scott. Yeah. Uh, Scott's question is, why am I your favorite? <laughs> oh man he's so cool to work with seriously <laughs> he is he's like the best like uh so scott pretty much almost loves everything i do like he'll he'll tell me if like he doesn't like something or he'll say well how about like this you know but he trusts what i like about working with scott is he trusts that okay i've been doing this for a long time now granted i wouldn't even consider myself an expert at like okay this looks good and that's it you know no, that's not the way it goes. It's a give and take. Mm-hmm. Depends on what he likes and what he's looking for and stuff like that. But he trusts me and to come up like with something cool. He'll say, just, you know, use your best judgment, whatever you think looks cool. That's what's great about working with a guy like him. He's not micromanaging. He's not over your shoulder like every second of the way, which I've, you know, in my day life you has been. It. Yeah, my day job, it's been like that sometimes where I'm just like, oh, my God, can you just let me do my thing? I mean, <laughs> it's just like I've had I've had people like literally pull up a chair and sit over my shoulder and tell me how to move boxes and things around and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I'm like okay, so I'm just your hands at this point. You're just yeah. telling me exactly what you want. 
you know, because you don't know how to run the program. That's why I'm sitting. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, it's insane. I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I kind of know what's going on. I went to, you know, went to college for graphic design, you know, <laughs> you know but that's, what's cool about Scott. He lets you do your thing and, and he'll chime in if he doesn't like it or if he, if, if he has a problem with it, you know, but other than that, he just lets you work, which is and- awesome. Another thing I find with Scott uh, I'm, I'm, is he's, and this is going to sound weird, but he's negatively optimistic. <laughs> like he'll yeah. shit on everything, absolutely everything. And it's hilarious. But then he'll come up with some positive thing in the middle of the whole thing. And he's <laughs> like, how did this happen? Like he's now promoting it, even though he's just, but that's, that's just scott like yeah it's funny uh talking with him through emails and stuff (laughs) he's not negative like with working with him you would think uh, because you hear him on the podcast sometimes and he's like a little gruff and stuff and i'm like and i get an email from him he's super nice super cool guy yeah Yeah, sure man i love that that looks great i'm like wow okay (laughs) no i agree even like um in an episode that unfortunately like means got recorded but uh i was an idiot and it recorded mm-hmm. somehow out of my webcam audio port mm-hmm. thing instead of my actual fancy ass microphone <laughs> but i i mentioned to him and i i really wanted to tell the story but you know just couldn't find a point but yeah. i feel like this is a good way to talk about how scott is like i i mentioned yeah. to scott i was like you're i'm jealous that you had this career path where you can really take all that information and then turn it into a like into a really creative game that has right. your experience, but also will, you know, be kind of realistic in a Savage World setting. For sure. Um, and the first thing he said, he's like, well, you know, your, your profession could be turned into it too. And the first, my th- first thought was like, oh yeah, because logistics and supply chain seem like a very <laughs> interesting game. And literally on the fly, he started popping out these ideas and, coming up with this i like the with this game and now i'm just like okay i'm i'm definitely creating a game about logistics somehow like he, i don't know how he did it but he flipped right. my mind completely to it <laughs> yeah you can gamify just about anything but yeah he has that mind where you where he's like okay this is how you do it and he knows how to do it that yeah it's it's awesome it's uh some of the uh his games that he puts out especially uh task force is uh it's pretty cool because Again, like you said, he used his knowledge of his day job and put it in that game. I think it looks awesome. Oh, it does. You should. You yeah. should have seen the the. I don't know if you saw the original uh, word document of it though. No, I, I don't think I did. Oh, the, sure. I, I remember because he was like, "Can you guys test play this?" And like the the system itself it hasn't changed too much. That part was fun, but there was terminology in there that like. Me and me and Finder just looked at. It, I was like, "What does this mean?" Okay, oh. okay. Now then, he, he he takes away the abbreviation, and we're just sitting yeah. there like, "Okay, so what does it mean?" <laughs> and he, yeah, he figured out a really good way um, to make it so that it still appeals and still has definitions that anyone wow. who has experienced uh, military life will understand. But right. at the same time, he's really kind of cleared it up so that, you know, a simpleton like myself, who's never <laughs> really ever looked at anything military in my life, right. yeah. uh, can understand. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
yeah, you kind of got to dumb it down a little bit, not to say that we're done, but that's what the military uses, a lot of acronyms and stuff like that. You, you're like, okay, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no. cool. Yeah. yeah, but he's super great to work with. I love working with Scott. I can't wait for the next project. Yeah. Uh, I think I know what his next project is, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. <laughs> At least on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's asked me about a few things too, so I kind of know a yeah. little bit. So <laughs> He's always working on something, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a great mind. <laughs> so before we end up, I feel like this is a good time to ask you. You got any future projects that uh, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so again, wrapping up dust bunnies um, is our next thing. We're still working on that. But the next thing, uh, Shane uh, from Pinnacle and his uh, Simon Lucas, who works for Pinnacle, they asked us, Doghouse specifically, if we wanted to write an adventure for any of their settings, like a, not, lo- not like a one sheet, but like a full length adventure that could be played over two, three nights of gaming. So, but under their official world settings. So like a Deadlands adventure or an ETU adventure. So that is our next tackle at the beginning of next year uh, is Chris and I, we're going to tackle working on something for them, an official full length adventure for them. Um, There's a, Another version of Trailer Park that I'm working on. Uh, it is actually back to the Dread slash Jenga Tower. Um, I've actually written rules for a Trailer Park Shark Attack called the Tumbling Tower version. <laughs> that we're going to use the Dread rules um, to make a, a Trailer Park game. That I have it all written up that I need. We're just trying to get everything off our plate before we uh, tackle that. Um, I've actually reached out to Epitaiah Rapishaw yeah. from from Dread, who created Dread, uh, and got his blessing. He's like, sure, you can go right ahead. He gave me a little bit of rules about it, and I was like, cool, awesome. And it was great talking to you. Oh, that's so. super cool. So hopefully that'll come out. And there's another game that I'm working on called Insert Coin. Um, I ran it once at a con already, and... Uh, I'm going to be running at Genghis Khan. It is a, a new setting that I'm coming out with. Uh, basically, it's like Wreck-It Ralph meets Savage Worlds, I oh. guess you can call it. So it's kind of so, like a digital... Yeah, it's like a, it's still a role-playing game, but it's like uh, you play 8-bit characters that get team up together <laughs> to fight other bad 8-bit characters. You know, So you can come from any video game that is out there that you can create. And I have all these video game worlds that I've created. Uh, like uh, Kung Fu Dudes is one of the worlds. So I, uh, is one of the Unicorn Rain- Unicorn Rainbow is another world. So you play a little <laughs> unicorn. Yeah, it's fun. I've ran a, I've run it uh, a couple times as a uh, as a con game, and it's it's super fun. I'm actually uh, blown away that nobody's done something like that. Before. Like, because it, it just seems like the perfect system for that. Like, especially. Yeah. Like, since, you know, you can really yeah. create any character you want. That sounds like a perfect yeah. setting. And I don't know how it's not been done. Yeah, me too. I was watching, I was actually watching Wreck-It Ralph. It came on. I'm like, that'd be a cool Savage Worlds game. How can <laughs> I do that? And I started thinking, I'm like, well, what if the every character you play could be from a different world? And you can create the, the arcade worlds, which I'm calling in the game. You can create them using the Savage Worlds race rules you know the just yeah the, from that 
that world, you know? Yeah, the one, uh, it's in the Coral book where you can yeah, just yeah. create your own whatever you want. Right, right. Like Unicorn Rainbow. It's a little, everybody's a unicorn that comes from here that's a playable character. And you know magic, you know, simple. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a little unicorn. <laughs> that's, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. I, I was just also thinking, you know, you're talking about the the dread uh, style uh, mm-hmm. trailer park shark attack. And I'm just thinking, uh, it. I'm thinking casino, Las mm. Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> you. And this the intro premise is, you guys just what one of you want, just won the massive jackpot. You know where you <laughs> just get like millions of dollars, and you yeah. also get put up in the what it, what's it called the presidential suite or whatever like you know the high roller suite up yeah, at the top yeah. of the building and essentially your whole adventure is the power is out so the or you know not could be also still on but you don't want to use the elevators <laughs> for sure and right. each junk jenga like you're just going down the tower to get to the bottom to get out of the actual giant <laughs> casino which would symbolize the Jenga. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, that was, that's a cool idea. I think one of the Sharknado movies was, uh, is in Las Vegas, starts out in Las Vegas. Uh, remember, right? The fourth gonna, one. Not going to lie. Yeah. That's the only, that's one of the few sh- shark related movies I have not ever seen is any of the Sharknado. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. There's so much fun. <laughs> it's <laughs> so it's much one fun. of those things where it's like, I heard so many people talk about it where <laughs> I almost want to just be a contrarian and be like, no, I'm never watching that. <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't. They get campier and campier as they go. Like the first one, they're like playing it almost like super serious. And it's like, (laughs) no, this is But as they go, they get so many like uh, famous, you know, B movie stars or B stars, I should say, you know, it does cameo roles and stuff like that. It's just Leslie Jordan, the, the comedian who just passed away. He plays Ben Franklin in one of them, and it's really? hilarious. Yes, it's hilarious. because wow. because they're going around in time. I, I <laughs> might need to watch that. It's there. There's so many ridiculous ones. Like, uh, I, we're off topic here, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my favorite kind of like B movie is Titanic Two. Mm, I haven't seen that. Oh, oh my God. You're in you're in for a treat. It's hilarious because it, it takes all the tropes of the first one and says yeah. we're gonna do the complete opposite. Like do you, the name of the boat that they're on, yeah. the largest yeah. boat is of course named the Titanic 2. <laughs> like you're just like, why? Yeah. Why? It just gets more and more ridiculous. And yeah. the acting on it, you can tell these people thought, oh, I'm in a Titanic movie. It's going to be serious. Uh, but you can, it's just a bunch of no name actors, and I love it for all the wrong reasons. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. You know who runs a good uh, kind of B movie game like that is Clint Black from, from Pinnacle. He runs like a bunch of uh, shark games and shark uh dinosaur games and stuff like that that is uses b movie characters <laughs> so if you're, you ever see him at a con get him to see if he'll run in one of those because that from what i i haven't played in it but i've seen it run and i've seen the reactions of the field and it, it looks a lot of fun no there's fun. there's actually i i kind of want to give a shout out to someone right now just because we're they asked me if i if, if we wanted to talk at some point in it but they're mm-hmm. creating um, 
uh was it um uh, it's action 12 cinema it's a it's a b-movie mm. action game okay um, made done with d12s no prep and gmless oh wow and i'm just like i wonder what kind of shenanigans you could get into with that wow that sounds pretty cool yeah That's, there was a there's a Powered by the Apocalypse game out there called Action Movie World. <laughs> yeah. And I've run it a few times. I'm not great at running PBTA games. Yeah. Because uh, it's a lot of it's on the fly and I'm not I'm not kind of good at that. So but I've run it a few times and it's you play an action star that's playing an action type character, but you take the same action star. And you play it in another game that's like maybe it's a western, but it's an action game, you know, action <laughs> game. So you're playing; it's very meta, where you're playing like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but now he's in a western. <laughs> you play Arnold Schwarzenegger, now it's an alien movie. You know, it's like that. So you so, always play the same character, but you—it's in almost like different movies. Yes, that's yes, it's very meta. It's, if you can find it out there, I think it's on Drive Through. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool concept. It's very meta that way. Where it's I like, have already found it. Yeah, you found an action movie world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just to show, like, I don't know how old it is, but when yeah. you buy it, instead of just getting a PDF, you get a zip file. Oh yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, PDFs involved. I think. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have the playbooks and stuff like that. Hell, so. even the soft cover book though, it's like only eleven bucks. Yeah, it's very rules light too. So, yeah, no, but it was it was fun when I ran it. And I love the whole concept of it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't believe you. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, what was it? Scott always talks about Spirit of 77. Oh, yes. I, I've run that and I played it. I want to play in one of his games because I love the 70s and I love that genre. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it looks like a, because I, I love old films too. And mm-hmm. it, that that one looks like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. We're actually, I think we're talking to the creator of it. No way. Next cool. week. Next week. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah. Next week we're talking to him and um, it's funny cause I'm pretty sure from the very first episode, Scott's mentioned mm-hmm. like that, like of our own podcast, he's like, we need to get these people on. Yeah, we need to get these guys on, and it, it's funny because now we're like getting to talk to him, and I, he's like fanboying a lot <laughs> right now. See, I always wanted to create a, a Savage World '70s game, but I'm like, well, how can I do it better than this? I can't because it's like it's they, almost perfect for it. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, even if you want to run in Savage Worlds, you could just take some of the ideas and just go with it from there, you know. But that that whole that whole game is just crazy and awesome. Yeah. Well, I know my next Savage Worlds project. What's that? I, 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 you already know it. I've yeah. said it like 18 times. Yeah. I, I, I'm making a conversion to convert both over Task Force and Dust Buddies <laughs> into its own Task Force Raisin. A oh, my God. Dust Bunny adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that? Hugs? Hugs with bolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to kick your ass. <laughs> I know, I know. He has an idea. But don't worry. I'll, I'm planning to still keep it cute. Yeah, there you go. Well, obviously, it's like, well, dust bunnies can't hold real guns, right? Right. They're a little, 
you know, balls of dust. <laughs> yeah. So what I'll need to do is get elastic bands. There you uh, go. I don't know if you know what Kanex is. It's a little, no, I don't. It's like a little, it's like uh toy sticks that you can stick them together and they're plastic oh, okay. and you can make cars and all that. Well, as a kid, I, instead we would make crossbows. Oh, okay. There you go. And so you take that, <laughs> you take the elastic band and I can yeah. still keep it cutesy with non sharp things, or I can use carpenter <laughs> nails. Like they, it all oh, works. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, dust fun is we have a, uh, arcane background called uh Rubit. It's where you make a Ruber, like it's based on Rube Goldberg, where you're oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like a weird scientist where you build stuff. Yeah. The crazy machines that um, yeah. do simple tasks in very complex ways. Exactly. Exactly. And so you could be a Ruber and make those things in that game. You know, you can make little bows and things like that if you Ooh. wanted to. So. <laughs> I think this conversion is going to work out very well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> okay. Cool, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyways, uh, I think that's all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, Carl, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, oh, it was thanks, a man. lot of fun. Yeah, it was good talking to you, Sam. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, uh, if I'm going to throw up some links of where people can find your work, Doghouse Rules, mm-hmm. and if you want to send me some other stuff to put up, I'll definitely put okay. that up too. All right. But thanks again, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>